Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hager, and I'm working with An Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver-area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on The Chuck and Julie Show. And hello, everybody. Happy Party Friday to everyone. Julie Bonniewell here. Chuck Bonniewell on his way. Basically, Rev had a, a, a golf match kind of training kind of thing, and they're wing, uh, winging their way back from the downtown Denver area. And Rev called me to say traffic is, is appalling. So <laughs> Chuck will be here as soon as the Denver traffic lets him get here. Truth Straight Up, the show brought to you, as always, by happytrees.co and also um, Denver Senogenics and Dr. Julie McCallan. We're hoping to get um, any second now author Scott S. Powell. We've had him on before. He wrote Rediscovering America. He's a, a fellow with the uh, Discovery Institute and had a really interesting column up on Newsmax where he was talking about this ESG. I always get it wrong. It's the Environmental, Social, and Governance, governance Score. That um, It's a kind of thing, you know, you sound like you're a conspiracy nut when you talk about it, but it's from the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schaub and all those guys have come up with a way to basically rate us. And now I submit that it's all just social engineer us, right? They're going to be rating us based on environmental, social, and governance. And what the heck is governance, by the way? I suspect that uh, not agreeing with Joe Biden or, or disagreeing with having to take a vaccine, that might fall into the governance thing. But what they're having are corporations, and I think it was saying almost all of the four of the top major investment companies in the United States um, and other companies that that have a, a tremendous amount of power are increasingly using this. And you just know they're not using it in any kind of way to help us. So we have Scott with us right now. Scott, thank you so much for your time. Scott Powell, uh, the uh, a fellow at the Discovery Institute, great book, Rediscovering America. And thanks for your time today. Absolutely. I'm glad to be so, with your audience. <clears throat> yes. Well, I want you to explain, because I know, you know, you, you talk, we talk about this stuff and we've been talking about some of it for years. And, you know, people say, oh, you're just a crazy conspiracy theorist and like everything now it turns out to be true. But you just had, I thought, one of the best columns I've ever read up on Newsmax where you talked about this um, ESG, the this corporate behavior credit score system and how it's insidiously, I say, moving into our lives in ways we don't even realize. So why don't you just talk about that? Well, I think we have to, you know, we have to frame this in a way so that people can understand it. Um, You know, the the socialists have had a hard time reordering society, but, uh, you know, their faith has never died. If anything, you know, we we find uh, uh, it's they're more vocal today than ever in wanting to fundamentally transform uh, the way the economy works away from a market based system a price-based system where where a trade is done by strictly economic principles of supply and demand mm-hmm. to a socially directed one that favors uh, certain industries and penalizes others and so much of what we're seeing uh, in the pop in, in the in the culture of the left is this stress on um, sustainability uh, on uh, you know, carbon uh, reduction, carbon emission reduction, the transition from the so-called fossil fuels to the the more um, preferred uh, sustainable energy of wind and solar. And the reality is, though, that this agenda really, uh, if it was really to come to pass, it would destroy our country, it would destroy our standard of living. I'm not saying that energy won't change over time. Right. It will, because that's just the nature of life. Uh, there, there's uh, new discoveries, new technologies uh, made all the time. But right now, um, you know, ga- gas and oil are some of the most attractive and low-priced sources of reliable energy. Uh, and that's why the world runs on oil and gas. Right. It really does. We can't just transition to wind and solar. 
Well, you can't um, not overnight. Destroyed, well, and, we and I would the expansion say- of, of nuclear power many years ago, and that was all done for political reasons. Right. Nuclear power, you know, has been a a fairly low cost source of energy. Uh, yes, there are risks uh, involved in uh, you know in, in nuclear power because you've got to dispose of the radioactive um, residual. You've got to decommission plants after 25 years, uh, and, and and so forth. But all of that is calculated. That can be you know calculated. Right. In terms of its, you know, its its economics, uh, whether whether it's competitive or not, um, because there's really no fuel cost once you paid for the uranium, and right. the and the reactor is running. It's it's just generating power continuously, uh, with no no need to refuel or or resupply. Well, but there are large costs in, in right. decommissioning a um, you know a nuclear power plant. But, but th- put what? that aside. We we are not you know right as far as I know there's no uh, turning to uh, nuclear power the turn is to these unreliable sustainable sources of energy of wind and power primarily and these are costly and they're not reliable so we get back to the basics of uh, of natural gas and uh, and you know diesel and gasoline. Right. Well, and I, I thought oil. the BS. And we have a lot of oil in America. It's just, you know, where it's right. remarkable how much oil we have. We're, we're really the new Saudi Arabia. We have more than 400 years of, uh, you know, of petroleum below the surface of, of uh, you know, Alaska and continental U.S. And, and also offshore in northern Alaska. There's a very rich offshore deposits. But we have 400 years worth of of uh, oil to drive well, our and economy. I, I throw the I throw the BS flag on the whole thing anyway because I think they're just trying, as you talk about in your column, to destroy the economy to put a new one in place. Because well, we're getting rid of using oil here in the United States. We don't have a problem calling Saudi Arabia up and fist bumping them and trying to get oil from them, right? We don't have a problem with China and coal plants. I mean, we don't, if we really actually cared about the environment, if that were really the motivating factor, they would be more concerned about that stuff. And then, so, I mean, so I guess that's my question. I mean, to me, it's, it has really nothing to do, I don't think, with the environment. It's just a reordering of society and they couch it in these nice terms. So people, they try to make us feel guilty and then they can, you know, give us a bad ESG score if we don't go along. That's right. That's right. And, and really the ESG scores, and that stands for uh, environmental sustainable governance, um, uh, that, that is a mechanism whereby investment dollars can be directed to high-scoring ESG-rated companies, and funds are driven away from the lower-scoring companies. And what's also happened is that uh, increasingly, the the way people invest money in the stock market and the ownership of companies uh, has been uh, driven by exchange traded funds, uh, portfolios of stocks, baskets of stocks that are in a closed end mutual fund called an ETF. And they really are a very convenient way of investing your money and diversifying because there's all a whole manner of different ETFs that you can use to really reduce risk in your investing and, and, uh, you know, optimize returns. But the problem is, is that ETFs own when they buy stocks for their ETF portfolio, like when BlackRock creates an ETF, right. and these are very large pools of money. You know, they can the the, the S and P ETFs are are a bil- billions of dollars of assets are right. in that ETF, but they're voting all their proxy shares. They they are voting the investor shares because you don't really own the investment. Uh, BlackRock owns it. Vanguard owns it. And so they're casting votes for all their shareholders. Right. And uh, BlackRock, of course, is a very, very liberal. As a, it, it's a very liberal organization headed by a guy named Larry Fink. And right. Larry wants to see he's he's all in on the World Economic Forum. He's a trustee 
of the World Economic Forum. That means wow. he's, he's, you know, money bags. He gives them money. You know, the World Economic Forum relies on on the uh, philanthropic donations of rich people, and Larry Fink is one of them. How does, uh, let me, and for our audience, and um, Scott, you you can't see, but Chuck Chuck just came in. Chuck mm-hmm. was delivering Rev to various places. Chuck, we're here with Scott Powell. Let me ask you this. How do you, to me, this just seems extremely dangerous, right? I mean, for instance, at our it, house. It is. Okay, explain Absolutely why. it is. It, it, it is, it, you know, when we lose control over our economy, you know, political, the loss of political power comes shortly thereafter. And we are increasingly losing control over our economy. It's not a top-down socialist model, a com- command plan from the top, at least not right now. But the socialist revolution is coming in through the back door, through Larry Fink and BlackRock and, and uh, you know, the driving of money through ETFs uh, in, into preferred uh, sectors of the economy. Right. The sustainable, the, the um, you know, the, the environmentally, uh, the environmentally preferable. And it really is broader than that, too, because it's really a political agenda. So you'll right. find that they will broaden the, the criteria for an ESG score well, you can talk be broadened about, because you, these are well, qualitative aren't, aren't, things. They're political, qualitative right. things. They're not financial. Aren't at least some, I read yesterday, at least some Republican states are, are um, saying that none of their funds can go with any ESG. Yeah, that, that's... That's true in Florida. That's Ron DeSantis who stood up <laughs> and basically said that he won't have any part of supporting the ESG. He won't allow ESG to play a role in the pension fund management of the state of Florida. Right. One, one of the things that, and tell me if this is sort of an insidious step, we were having this conversation last night. We live in, in Colorado and Excel is the energy company here. And they've been running around installing smart meters on yes, all of our houses. Right. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, well, if they have a smart meter that they can control, right? I mean, to me, it's just not a very large step at all for them to decide, you know, hey, you, Chuck and Julie, we don't like your politics. And by the way, we think you're using too much air conditioning. So we're just going to do our own brown. I mean, it's that kind of thing. I think that once they get people accepting this, that, that, and, and we've seen people, Mike Lindell, you know, um, can't get funding, banking. banking and things like that. I mean, do you see, I mean, it's a kind of stuff. That- no, really we're in a, we're in a new phase of the, of the communist revolution in America. And I'll be very frank. This is a communist revolution. Okay. I really want your, your listeners to understand this. You know, it's amazing. I live in South Florida, and there, this is a, an area of the country where there's an enormous number of immigrants, uh, a lot from Latin America. But we also have Russians and East Europeans here. Uh, we have people from Asia like the Vietnamese. And, you know, I have friends uh, in these communities, and so many of them say, what's wrong with you Americans that you don't <laughs> see what's happening? This is a communist revolution yeah. that you're undergoing. It's, it's so obvious. You know, the, the communists, the first thing they'll do is is uh, is divide the people from their heritage, you know, take down the the historic uh, wow. statues and monuments that we saw that two years ago. Um, and of course, the history books have been very secular, progressively written for for really several generations now. Mm-hmm. So it's really mm-hmm. public schools have really dumbed down people, people's understanding of the history of America. So this process is, and, and now it's, you know, manipulation of language, you know, very yeah. Orwellian use of language. Um, and, you know, what's, what's to follow. So we've got to wake up the people and, and remind them that we still have the power. We still have a constitution. We still have a bill of rights and we have to exercise uh, that. We have to push back against this, uh, you know, this communist revolution, really. Well, I have to say this last uh, primary season here in America on the Republican side has been encouraging. Um, yes, it has. It really has. The, the let me Arizona. let me describe what the game plan is of the communists. Sure, the first thing that sure. they do in taking down a target country, and we are the target, is to demoralize the people. In other words, 
you you sap them of their beliefs, you sap them of their confidence, you make them feel hopeless, uh, and and you can do that in many ways. Uh, you know, dividing uh, d- dividing people has been you know their yeah. strategy. And when you when you think about our country, we're divided every which way. We're divided right. from yeah. young and old, uh, gender division. Um, you know, we, we find that almost everything gets divided, you know, the vaxxed and the unvaxxed. We're, we're very divided people. That's, that's not a natural thing. That has been foisted on us. Okay. And once, once people are really demoralized, they, in other words, they, they don't have confidence. They're disconnected from their beliefs in the, in family, uh, in, you know, in their country, uh, in themselves for that matter. Then the next stage is uh, is a destabilization, and the destabilization phase can the, the the demoralization phase can go on for more than a generation. So we've yeah. really had really since the 1960s a progressive demoralization campaign against traditional values, against the family, mm-hmm. um, and that's pretty well completed. Americans are pretty well demoralized now. So the next stage is the is the destabilization phase. And then the final phase before they really take power is, is a crisis. They'll use a crisis to, to finally <laughs> execute. Them <laughs> yeah, like a like. pandemic. Hmm. Right. So, like- right. So we're really, we're really in the destabilization phase. We're in, probably in an advanced stage of it because it isn't what, it wasn't just the pandemic. It was also the 2020 election. You know, we are a country of the people, by the people and for the people. We're the only country in the world that was founded where the legitimacy of the co- of the government comes from the people. And how do the people choose their government? They do it through the voting system. So right. you have to have electoral in- integrity. So when, you know, when the 2020 election was stolen, which it was, right. uh, we now have a, you know, we, we no longer have a legitimate government. We are really not that much different than a banana republic right now in the stage where we're at so so we're you know we're well you we're in this destabilized place and then covid the covid you know hoax was really rolled out right Right. the covid hoax led to the vote fraud didn't it i mean they they couldn't go to the polls and vote and therefore uh, well what are you going to do well you've got to you've got to have you know increased balance and also always also you have to have Lots of drop boxes for people right. so they can get their ballots uh, in, right? Well, all of this was contrived, and it all came out of COVID. And I want to go back to something you talked about at the beginning so for people to understand, because I, I, it's just, it, they make it seem as if you're crazy when you talk about this, and, and it's all just coincidences that you're putting, to, you know, you're connecting the dots wrong. But go back to the World Economic Forum. I mean, is that the, the group? And the Davos people, is that who is driving this? I mean, again, this is not an accident. This isn't just them taking advantage of things that come along. This is part, as you're saying, it's part of an actual plan. Well, this is where, you know, high level intelligence is really important. I, I only, I, you know, I'm, I'm not an intelligence officer. I, I do a lot of research and I can say this is that the World Economic Forum has been cozying up to, to uh, communist China for more than 40 years. And uh, and Klaus Schwab has spoken very favorably of uh, the Chinese uh, economic system, the socialist economic system, uh, the, the quasi-socialist system, because they have a, 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 a semblance of a, a market-based system economy. there. Of course, it's really still state-controlled, but the market does work um, you know, the, the Soviet Union system fell apart because it had no market mechanisms operating and it collapsed. And the Chinese learned from that. They realized that to catch up to the industrialized world, they needed to adopt market, uh, you know, uh, a market system, albeit under their control, under the control of the CCP. So chi- China is a m- model because, you know, the people at the top are still in control, but, you know, the workers are producing the wealth. And the people at the top are getting the riches, and um, oh, that's a plan, huh? Well, you so, know, and I so what, whether whether WEF is uh, and the Chinese are working, you know, hand in hand, I just don't know. But I can tell you that when the fall of America comes, if if the fall of America would come, 
it would be the Chinese that would rule because hmm. the Chinese have the guns. They've got the military <laughs> power and and people at the World Economic Forum, they would they, they w- would be squashed like bugs. They really well, would be, you know, they, they'd be eliminated. And China because, is clever is because, you know, like when President Trump pulled out of the Paris Accord, I mean, everybody had a freak out meltdown. Right. Nancy Pelosi goes to Taiwan and China then today announces they're pulling out of climate discussions and no one cares. <laughs> like like China, number one, was ever going to pay any attention to climate <laughs> discussions. But it's like, oh, that's OK. Over a visit to Taiwan. And 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 I guess my thing is, too, that's probably part of the plan, too. Right. This gives China an excuse now to say, yeah, we were never going to participate in any of your stupid ESG. Well, stuff another, anyway. I'm not sure it's intentional. It probably is. Uh, l- let's drive Russia away from Western Europe and into the Chinese hands. Yeah. And the, so right. to the extent the Western world uh, with Russia had a had a uh, some strength without Russia joining China. I mean, that's it's just brilliant. It's, it's just brilliant. And we bankrupt the entire war. Um, eight, you know, we're up. We're closing in on a hundred million. Uh, by next year, I mean, hundred billion. Um, well, I think uh, it's, a, it's a billion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, well, it, what? it's 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 crazy, and but there's so many cross sections to this picture. I mean, we right. there there really is a military industrial complex. Oh, sure. Uh, the de- yeah. the deep state does like war because it drives our you know our our. Uh, military industrial complex. Uh, right. All the all the defense contractors benefit from wars, and sure. so they, you know, this is one reason wars take place. It's it's a yeah. contributing factor. But um, you know, the, neither Russia nor the Ukraine are, you know, uh, are are model countries in any <laughs> way. Uh, Ukraine is as corrupt as Russia is. Yeah. Well, and they're reaching out to China now too. Apparently, Zelensky is so. Well, let me let me ask you this guy. Well, he's, he's desperate, but I think you know. Frankly, I think it's over for Zelensky. I think that. Yeah. You know, we ought to we ought to be pressing him. You see, by giving them more military aid, we're just prolonging the death. They, they cannot right. de- defeat Russia. It's impossible. Right. And and so well, if Russia really does not have limited interests of the Crimea and and the eastern uh, Russian speaking states that were pro-Russian, um, you know, Ukraine ought to recognize that their borders can change and let's make peace. Yeah. Well, well that doesn't join. Zelensky's end was forecast by by the uh, op ed editorial thing in Vogue magazine. Right. He and his wife. <laughs> That's when you knew that his last days were. Yeah, yeah, they're doing the thing. Well, let me ask you this, guy. If we just have a few more minutes left, uh, in terms of hope, I mean, what what do we do? I go back to our XL Energy. Now we have a smart meter on our home, right? It's not like you can really say, "Oh, I'm not going to use XL Energy," right? Um, it's not like I can call, you know, BlackRock and say, "Hey, I want you guys to quit investing my 401k oh, in they'll, this." They'll you know, I mean, what? What can we, how do we, because, because I, again, just me, I refuse to concede, right? It's like, and, and surrender. So what are some of the things besides being informed, but that people can do? Well, I think people, I think we all have to think in terms of, of um, driving our, our, our commerce to, to counterparties that share our values. So, okay. I know it's hard, you know, Amazon, you know, has all the goods at the best prices and they deliver right to your door. But we actually have to think about, uh, I think, stopping the flow of commerce uh, to parties that are really trying to bring our country down or, or that are facilitating this agenda. I'm, I'm not saying that all corporate executives you know, believe in socialism or believe in what the World Economic Forum stands for. But they uh, they have also shown that they're they're ready to sell the country out, really. Oh, yeah. They're really uh, yes. they're willing to, you know, national sovereignty is not uh, important for them. They, no. they like this idea of a global world. Right. Right. And of course, a, a global world is a is a world of tyranny. It really will be. Right. right. How much difference would Trump make, do you think? Oh, he'll make a huge difference. <laughs> okay. Because, you know, he's, um, I mean, we already saw him 
in his first four years, uh, he was, you know, he was remarkably successful in, ach- in achieving a number of very important objectives in spite of being at war. Right. He was being attacked continuously from all sides, even from within his own party. But yet he was able to make us energy independent. He, he almost completed a wall on the southern border, uh, you know, really protecting our sovereignty from invasion of, uh, you know, of, of, of uh, you know, un, unwanted elements. And not all, you know, we, we, we are a country of immigrants and we, we want to celebrate that. And want to continue immigration, but it's got to be controlled immigration. And legal, right? All, all countries are countries. And legal, of course, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. But it's it's. So, it, so Trump I, was a, an extraordinarily effective president. Yes. Uh, we know that vote fraud took him out, but look yeah, what he's time. been doing in these intervening years. I mean, right. he's done more out of all. He's done as much out of office that he that he, than he did in, in the sense that he's been a kingmaker. He right. is, yes. you know, he is really. Uh, Given his support behind America First type candidates in the Republican Party, he's remade the Republican Party. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. so w- when we have an election here in November, it looks like, you know, we'll, if we can get through the October surprises right. and the false flag events that are likely to happen, and they will push for delaying the election or canceling it's a it pox. or We're all gonna get again, pox now. you know yeah. increasing mail-in ballots we we've got to we, we've got to stand firm as americans and say no our election day is tuesday i forget what it is what is it this year november third or fourth i'm not sure either. yeah it's usually the oh. first seven days but right. anyway whatever that's our election day. That's our national election day. Some more states than before have opted for paper ballots only. That's all good. Right. We ought to go back to paper ballots. We ought to create a fraud-proof voting mechanism. Yes. And yes. if we had that, I mean, the whole political complexion of America changes. I think so, too. I, 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 no, it's absolutely true. I, I yeah. It would be just amazing. And then we've got a House and a Senate that, you know, we may see the decertification of the 2020 presidential election. Uh, if if oh, we had three, yeah. three governors, strong governors, and we have, we have one with Kerry Lake in Arizona. I mean, yes, she's yeah. a yeah, firebrand for, you know, for uh, vote fraud, you know, yes. and, and completing, uh, completing the work. And that means prosecuting vote fraud and decertifying exactly. that election. Yeah. Oh, Scott, listen, we have to let you go. Thank you so much for your time. Your book, Rediscovering America, available everywhere and anywhere? Yes, pretty much. Yep, yep. All right. And so- it's, it's, it's really, let me tell you, let me okay. close with this. You know, soldiers carry Army field manuals when they go into combat. And every citizen in America today needs, needs an historical and spiritual warfare manual uh, oh. to renew their understanding and keep their morale high. And that's, and that's what rediscovering uh, America really is. It's a, uh, you know, it's that historical and spiritual warfare manual that will equip uh, you to not only survive but even thrive. And it's and it's a, really a source of hope in troubled times. It's a it's a very positive book, and it's written for busy people. It's only two hundred pages long. Wow! And all and, right, you know, what I've heard from readers is it's not a not just a page turner; it's a chapter turner. So right. enjoy <laughs> the book. All right. Well, well thank thanks you very much. We appreciate your time. Great call. Oh, it's been great to be with you both. All, All right, right. You too, sir. Have a Take great care. weekend. We'll do it again. Thank you. All right. Yes, for sure. All right, there's Scott S. Powell. Um, again, he's a communist. He's all over the place, but this is a great column on Newsmax. Here's Leo says he is good. Let's have him back. We will for sure have him back. Well, I mean, it is this kind of thing, you know. I mean, I remember years ago, and I'm gonna, I don't know if she listens, listening to it, but Sherry from Lakewood would call and talk about the World Economic Forum. Yeah, and that was beca- before I became educated about it. we're talking years ago. And it'd be like, okay, Sherry. And all of a sudden, everything, everything Sherry was calling and talking about has come true. Yeah. Um, and you think, no, they wouldn't do that. But all of a sudden, you know, there's this um, social behavior credit score system. You know, it's only to benefit them, to screw us. Yeah. And, that, and they, yeah. they're moving toward this 
you know, you don't need to own anything. You just no. read things. And, you know, it, it seems like it's so nice. Like, you know, I use Blue Apron sometimes, right? Where the little meal kit comes and it's all prepared. Well, it's not a very big step from there to like, you don't need grocery stores. We're just going to send you the meals that we've decided you should need. And by the way, it's all crickets and things like that, right? And vegan-y stuff um, or whatever, the clothes. They have these same thing, these clothes where you don't own it. You can just send in the box and you just rent it. Uh, and, you know, pretty soon we're all going to be dressing like the people in, you know, 1984 or something. <laughs> like the book, not the year. Not the year. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we've had a ton of great comments here. I'll read some of the comments I'm, and I apologize to everybody. Um, this is from Jacob. Question in the event that there is proof that the election was stolen. How can no one complain that it was a stolen election when the when the judge a case comes in front of was reelect was a reelected judge through a false or stolen election? Good point there. Um, Charlene, KBB just likes the praise of the Koch brothers is just like the praise of the Koch brothers unit parties. She's impressed by their power and their money and their praise for keeping conservatives down, ruled by ego rather than principle. In my opinion, Dr. Donna, eighth of November, since she's running, she mm-hmm. she knows this kind of information. Um, yeah, and Sherry was right that the, the World Economic Forum and the Davos crowd control the United States right now. Um, yeah, all the clouds, clothes are gray, all the food is bland, all the women are trans, what a future. <laughs> but fight back, we can fight back. There's there, there are ways to fight back. And let's talk about the primary, speaking of fighting back. Okay, well, the, the, as um, Scott just mentioned, you know, Carrie Lake is going to be a tremendous candidate. Um, she, they find, I don't know why days and days later, uh, <laughs> take some account. Somebody pointed out all of France, uh, went to election and they knew the results by eight o'clock. I mean, it was well, the just, rest of this cut, the rest of the state all knew. Right. Right. Um, so it's amazing stuff, but so it was a great, uh, Tuesday. Um, and it's getting better with, with uh, Carrie Lake and others and, and they're freaking out. I mean, Joe, uh, morning joe morning joe and mika just go These are no! <laughs> well you know here's the thing i think a number of things that anymore you know i'm not sure you see various polls in terms of what sort of the average person um and maybe i'd say the independent person out there independent voter thinks about january 6th um i think most people for the, what i've seen for the most part it's just not that big a deal to them so when they keep screaming election denier election denier i think not only number one is it not a very big deal to a lot of people but i think people have gotten so used to the media just straight out lying to them well, they have. That, that they kind of figured the starting more starting with a russian hoax Right. The more the media is screaming about something, the more likely it is yeah. that that you know you should believe exactly what the media is telling you. And so I think, and then given the fact that hardly anyone watches them anymore anyway, so there's they can jump up and down all they want, and then people go and vote for Kerry Lake. And I think that's just, I mean, that in and of itself should give us all hope. I think. Yeah, and if Colorado could get the Republicans similar to Kerry Lake, it'd be a whole different whole different state instead we've got kbb and saying we're not going to mention um any election integrity you know that, independent voters don't care about that um wow and it's well maybe independent voters don't care but everybody should care you know i'll talk just real briefly about this i was at the um adams county republican party meeting last night and they were talking about the the recount um for, in the tina peters case and 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 in adam's condo that went well and you know everything but that one of the guys was talking about he was um an adjudicator in the last election and that means that he was one of the guys and there's always i think it's bipartisan people you know a democrat and a republican and when they spit out um ballots because there's a problem with the signature or a, a problem with what does it mean he's he was one of the guys that did it and he was saying I thought this is really interesting. I was unaware of this. There's so many things we could fix. He was saying that he was just randomly, he, right. in his, in his shift. And he said, and now keep in mind, I was one of 12 people. He said there were a hundred ballots where it wasn't a signature. It was just marked with an X, right? right. So it was just marked with an X. Now, if you're going to mark it with an X, there has to be a witness signature there too, right? But there is nothing anywhere that says anything about validating the witness signature. Right. So we said there is nothing that prevents somebody from sitting in a you know ballot harvesting warehouse somewhere, filling out ballots, marking X, and then signing their own name as the witness. And right. nor right. apparently would there be anything illegal 
well, there would be a lot of legal, but, but I mean, but you couldn't, there's, there's nothing that the talks, I guess you have to be a registered voter, but there's no verification of that. And he said, where are all these people marking X's? Who are all these people that can't sign? And and, uh, to me, it's immediately, I'm thinking because it's the signature wouldn't match. So they just have to have an X, right? Stephen want to know what KBB makes as the head of the Colorado GOP. Uh, $90,000 right now if she gets reelected. I could be the yank, head of it. She'll Colorado yank GOP. that up a lot. Um, it's less than, than uh, what Dick Wildman's name is, $180,000. Um, of course, she put a lot more money in. Um, but it's it's uh, it's an amazing process. And and uh, if they get anybody elected this fall, then, then they'll say, see, we did it. We knew if we gave a message out there that went to appeal to independence, <laughs> um, we, we're, we're all set. So it's 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 really it's really incredible um, how the state is run and and who runs it. Well, you know, I want to talk a little bit before we get back. It's a party Friday check before we get back into being overly depressed about about Colorado. And I think there's reason to not be, which I'll get there in a second. Oh, you 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 tell me that one. I'll I'll be waiting for that one. (laughs) I want to hear. Tell us right now. Well, there's not reason to be uh, uh, depressed. Well, the Adams County Republican Party meeting last night. Here's here's the thing, guys. The well, way- Julie got to find out how unpleasant those establishment people can be and oh, how very nice to me. Uh, uh, well, they, they weren't, weren't nice to anybody. anybody. So they're not nice to anybody. But here's the thing that, and I'm trying to figure out how to explain this in a coherent way. There is hope, and there is power. But we have to take it and we can't sit back and let other people do it for us. So in Colorado, the way it works, because Phil Anschutz is establishment, he's the main donor. So, you know, basically he's establishment and he's going to stay the, the party power people are going to stay establishment because that's where the money is. But that doesn't mean the grassroots people can't make inroads. Inroads were made last night in Adams County. They had a vote for the vice chair and the, the, the grassroots candidate won. Now, they were not very happy about it, the other people. But the reason they won is because there were a bunch of us who went there and said, OK, I'll volunteer to be a PCP, a precinct committee person. And on top of that, then I will volunteer to be a district captain of the PCPs. Sort of like I get to be like, uh, both boss yeah. and the worker yeah yeah i boss of myself i think is large yet but in so doing i then became eligible me and others okay became eligible to vote for the vice chair and the leadership of the colorado or not the color the adams, adams county. county republican party so what i'm saying is and neil Masai has been preaching this for years it all starts out getting involved at your very basic precinct level if you get involved there then you can get involved in helping elect the leadership of your county party and you can then and there are keep in mind guys there are more of us a lot more of us than there are of them which is why we won last night right and so all of a sudden now we we flip the tables a little bit there in Adams County don't you think it's fair to say well, now I'm they're sure going to be they, they flipped them uh, you know because Joanne is a good grassroots person but they attacked her endlessly um, and they lost last night, which is great. What people don't quite realize is you have to have a strategy, and it's not just an impossible strategy of taking every PCP position there is. You've got to take the state party over, and that's getting elected to be on the state central committee, and, and that's composed of 535 people, so there are a lot of those, and electing a a, a, um, a grassroots party leader. Sure. And, well, and, but you have to start out, with with somebody everybody knows is grassroots and and they can gravitate to you can't just run somebody like Casper who a lot of people don't know um you you got it's got to be it's got well keep in mind yes it's got to be we've got to recruit a a top-notch grassroots person to run for state chair if you win the state chair, you win the party. Right. And, and Phil answers to withdraw all his and he'll, money. And he'll go play someplace else. Yeah, and we'll go, okay, good, fine. He'll play, right. He doesn't okay. care we that much have, about Colorado. We won't Colorado. have a, a GOP office. We right. don't care. But what I'm saying, though, is, so guys, just remember, it's doable, but there isn't anyone else to do it but us. And and again, you can, and we, we'll get into it as it's closer, but how to get elected so you could become then a voting member of the Colorado Republican Party who then helps vote for the leadership. The establishment is called the establishment in part because they are established, right? They've got that organization in place. They've got their ducks in a row. Um, well, but they don't really because this last time KBB won over right. Scott Gessler because people viewed her as more grassroots. Of course she was. They don't have it as Steve much. Steve House was viewed as being a grassroots person and he 
betrayed all the people they feel. Right. Um, and so this time we got to get somebody who, who really is. Um, and there are plenty of good people out there. But I also no, want to. No, they're not very many that have statewide recognition. Well, right, no, they're not. But, but I want to go back to, again, and this is what we talked about the last show. Remember, we were talking about how Pat Cage and Jimmy Mack, um, and thank you to them again for being on the show, ha- have a website. And, and um, it's mycoloradogop.org. And they got this nasty cease and desist letter that the Colorado Republican Party is spending our money on to tell them to get rid of their website. They can't have the website because it says Colorado GOP. No one can say Colorado GOP without the party's express permission, which is, of course, a bunch of nonsense. But you ask yourself, why are they doing this? And that's because one of the things that Peg and her group are trying to do is to kind of get grassroots people organized and in positions where they can start voting, to start that sort of ladder to vote for the Republican Party leadership. And the establishment, I mean, it's freaking out about that. So you otherwise they wouldn't be spending so much time and effort trying to make a stop. And again, uh, you know, and Jacob, thank you for saying keep the hope alive. There are way more of us than there are of them. We just have to, um, and I know you're like, look, I'm busy, Julie. I've got stuff to do. I know that too, right? And thank goodness for Ben Nicholas, who like made me go up there and be nominated. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not nominated, just recommended. Um, but the good news is, guys, you don't really have to run for anything. There are so many of these open positions, this precinct committee persons, this district captain, right? That you just kind of show up and put your name in the hat and they can appoint, they have to, they have to take you, right? I don't think let's just say could the party chair could not say, no, we won't take that Julie Bonnie. Well, can she, if, if they, if they have empty seats. No, no. See, so that's a thing we can go ahead. They're counting. But you do other things. She all of a sudden dissolves every all 117 offices. So all of a sudden everybody's gone. Well, right. That starts to get a whole thing. I guess what I'm saying though, is there is hope for the Colorado Republican party, but it's not going to be quick and it's not going to be it easy. Can be, no, well, it could be true. relatively quick. You yeah. get it in Wyoming, Wyoming, as you've seen up there, it has the Cheney's and has Alan Simpson and, <laughs> all these establishment ones. Uh, but the party chair became a grassroots person and that changed everything. Right. I mean, and then all of a sudden, a lot of the legislative seats started going to grassroots people. No, you, you get a hold of the state chair and it's a whole different deal. Well, and here, Charlene has a point too. We won the state chair a few years back and Ken Buck and company took it away. Yep. That was Susan Beckman. That's yep. right. And that was such an unpleasant, an unpleasant experience that she says, oh, yeah, no, thank you. I won't do that again. Right, right. But but I, what I'm trying to say though is, is it is doable. And Chuck, I think you're absolutely right. Colorado will remain establishment as long as Phil Anschutz is playing in Colorado because mm. he's the main guy with the money. George Anthonisopoulos found that out the hard way. But well, it controls if, all, all the, you know, the independence Institute is really him. Uh, Colorado Politics is him. Denver Gazette is him. But they uh, aren't voting members of the Colorado Republican Party. So if we become the voting members, again, it is like Scott Powell said, it still is a government where people elect the officials, right? And and now you can imagine the establishment GOP is doing everything they can to try to change that system. So I think we don't have I mean, that's why they want to get rid of the assembly. But for right now, though, we can take control of it. We just have to. Um, and um, that's what I'm going to be working on. Um, <laughs> but because it's doable. And I think, as you said, you're absolutely right. Um, Phil Anschutz has money all over the world. Right. Mm-hmm. So if he realizes he's no longer in control of the Colorado Republican Party, mm-hmm. he'll just go play someplace else. He won't right. care. Colorado right. and the overall scheme of things nationally, I think, is not that big a player for somebody right, like Phil right, Anschutz. Right. And so then we can become an Arizona and then we can become, like you said, look what happened in Wyoming as soon as they got a grassroots person in there. Yeah, so. no, it, it, it's, it's one position uh, which a state party chair can change everything. Um, and that's what we have to get a hold of. Um, you know, whether Barbara Kirkmeyer is the, is the uh, congresswoman from uh, the eighth or not really doesn't matter much for us. Um, she's going to be establishment. Right. Um, uh, and, and, you know, she's better than the awful person running against her, but that's almost always true when you roll against it, but winning that, that, uh, State chair is everything. That's what Jacob is saying. Did you see Daddy Cheney's commercial? Yeah, I no, did. I, it was so like, Darth Vader <laughs> comes out. Trump is the worst human being ever. So he would he lied to his supporters. We don't want our supporters. I remember uh uh 
Weapons of mass destruction. Oh, yeah. in Iraq. Oh, that was me. No, no. Uh, but St- well, Stephen is saying, well, Wyoming does not have the Denver Boulder access. Californians are not moving there by the tens of thousands. Yeah, but again, keep in mind, I mean, that's on one, that's on the, the macro voting level. I'm talking about um grassroots people taking steps to take over, not to take over, but yeah, to take over, I'll say to take over, to take over the Colorado Republican Party. And that is doable, not easy. And it's not, you know, and it takes people actually, like I said, stepping up and becoming, doing the steps to become a voting member of a Republican Central Committee. Um, And once you do that, you can vote. Um, Now, they will do everything they can to go around it. But again, there are way more of us than there are of them. And on top of it all, uh, we're right. I mean, look at what's going on in the country. People get that we're right. That's why they're so afraid of us. That's why you have the morning Joe people melting down that people are voting for Kerry Lake. That's why you have everybody scrambling to get Mike Pence in there for God's sake to save the world to the World Economic Forum and the Davos people, right? Because people are waking up. And once that happens, you know, it's hard to put that back in the bottle. I love the people who who, uh, came into Arizona to support uh, Robeson. Um, it was Chris Christie. Uh, oh, yeah, I really love him. Um, it it was Pence. Uh, he's pathetic. And, and all the establishment has are just these worst people. And they can campaign with you all you want. Nobody's going to show up. Right. Well, and this from Karen Cataline was saying earlier um, in one of the comments there. And feel free, everybody on Zoom, feel free if you want to pop in and 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 you know just raise your hand or unmute yourself and turn your uh, camera on too. Um, but. Um, she was saying that there's somebody Slugworth whispering in the ear of the Colorado Party chair. Well, exactly. Um, and then Karen or Charlene says, yes, Karen, the powers are not going to give up Colorado easily. It's globally important. Yeah, they're not they're not going to give it up easily, but um, but it's doable. Right. I mean, we just have to participate. I mean, not just because I, I realize that's a little word and it's a, a big action, but we we have to participate and we have to participate. I, again, that's, I think, one of the reasons they're targeting Peg is because she has a, a plan there that she's yeah, trying right, to implement. Right. And they're like, which would be to get the grassroots people into positions where they can vote for the party leadership. You vote for the party leadership first at your little caucus level, right? Then you vote for it, you know, on your county level, then you can vote for it on bigger and bigger levels. Um, but we need people to run and we need people. And, and again, there's so many positions open. It's not like you have to actually run. If you just put your name in the hat, they have to take it at least for right now. Right. Well, it depends on the county. Brother. Well, most, yes, most, most, most counties are not overflowing with people saying, I want to be a PCP. Right. I mean, if you guys went to your caucus meeting, you were maybe one of five people there. I mean, you could have easily done all of it. And so we do have people like like Chuck and, and Joe and Ben Nicholas and Peg and, and Dr. Donna, all of these people out there who are working on this one person at a time. Um, and it's doable, I think. I mean, I got on it for Pete's sakes. <laughs> so we're going to take it over. Somebody's there. Congratulations, Julie. Oh, thank you. Hey, Peg. So how's it going? Did the Republican Party call you back to explain um, why uh, why you can't say Colorado GOP? Uh, not yet. They will they will call back when they're ready to serve papers if they are. But for right now, they're on hold. They're on notice. So we're uh, we're waiting. We're waiting. Right. So what do you want to say about all of this? Oh, thank you. I, I thank you for going to your meeting and becoming a PCP, becoming a district captain. Way to go. This is great. This is the good stuff. Um, have, you, have you noticed that 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 uh, Julie looks a little bit like Carrie Lake? <laughs> <laughs> I had to put my bags up. <laughs> she's related. I'm sure she's related. Yes. Yeah, yes. But Peg, aren't I right, though? It is doable. There are more of us than there are of them. And you have to go first to your local thing and you vote for your county chair and your county right. vice chair. And then right. you go, you just move up the ladder, so to speak, right? right. Right. And, you know, Julie, we've got people all over the state. I've been uh, trying to help get the uh, papers served for Tina Peters. And I just think of all the places that we went when we were trying to get the uh, party to opt out of the open primaries, which is such a terrible thing. Um, and we've got friends all over the state who are who are doing the very same thing that you're saying. And now with uh, Steve Stern and Dan Schultz, 
uh, getting recognition from President Trump and and saying, this is what we've got to do, just exactly what you laid out. They're doing it nationwide. And you know what? As we get involved in this, we realize Colorado is not unique. What they're doing in Colorado is exactly what they're yes, doing exactly in the right. state. They've, right. they've got these uh, hybrid meetings and the clickers and the machines and the mail ballots. They're, they're doing all of that. And the establishment is is not just the people who were elected. It's it's the people behind there pulling the strings. Right. Well, and they have to do it that way, Peg, because they know they don't have the votes. And right yep. now, at least, they haven't taken our ability to vote away in Colorado. So they, well, they, they ha- have. Well, but, they're, but they haven't yet. I got to vote last night, right? Now, yep. maybe they'll pass some new bylaws and they'll bend on top of that. But but again, it's like there, there are when people say, well, it's hopeless, we can't do anything. It's well, you can, because I think, Chuck, what you said is so important. If Colorado gets grassroots people more and more into leadership positions, no, Phil one An- position. well, one okay, position. state chair, Phil Anschutz will go away. Right. right. You'll go play someplace else. And then that that evens the playing field again. Mm-hmm. But they won't quit playing. I mean, they'll no. be they'll do exactly what we're doing and they'll fill up those those uh seats again. You know, I talked to somebody this morning in another county and they said that the caucuses are the problem because people can organize the people in the caucus so easily because they're ignored. <laughs> it's like God what? forbid. God yeah. forbid that we get organized. I mean, they're like, we got to get rid of those caucuses because those pesky grassroots people are using them to organize, for God's sake. We can't have that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so you can't win for losing, you know. Yeah, That's right. We can win, Peg. We can win. And we, and the fact, I think the fact that they're targeting you and my Colorado GOP says a lot, perhaps, about, yeah, so. about how much we are winning or beginning to win. I think beginning to beginning. Yeah, thank you. All right, thank you, Peg. Thank you, Peg. Good to see you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for the work that you do. So we're just um, that is for the people. Oh, Leo saying Colorado GOP, Colorado GOP. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you guys, that's going to do it for us on this party Friday. Um, thank you to everybody on Zoom. We love having you there, and and we try to read as many of the comments on chat as we can. Um, thank you to everybody who listens to us on Rumble and subscribes to us on that and Podbean. Thanks to Scott who came on and did. Just great. He was just great. Glad right. to have him back. And as always, thank you to the great guys at BBS. They keep this whole thing rolling. Um, have a great weekend, everybody. Who knows what will happen between now and Monday. But what exciting things. That's right. We'll see you on Bye-bye. Monday. Bye-bye.